Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Any Questions? Part 4, The Environment. Recorded Sunday, July 16th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. Well, here's a question that you might have a friend that's asking you this. I don't know. Do Christians care about the environment? Yes or no? I mean... I think, yeah, I would say yes, yes, of course. But there are a lot of people who think that Christians don't care. There, there are even people that, like, blame Christians for whatever negativity is happening within this precious earth that we live on. But we do care. Yes, we should. Yes, we do. And I, I, I think that we should be the most attentive stewards of the earth. Like, I'm talking about Christian people. Like, we should be the ones who lead the way. Now, I think you understand that everyone has an agenda. Like, there's a lot of agendas in the world, in America specifically. You've heard activists make ridiculous, extreme accusations in the name of humanity to animals or to, to our world. They'll even incite violence against food producers to the point to where you think, really? Like, do you really get it? It's impossible, I think, to watch almost any media output, whether it's, you know, that's the news or whether it's something on, online or whether it's even like movies that are intended for young minds where you just don't see some agenda coming out of that about the planet or global climate change or about something that creates guilt in us. And you've heard these accusations about people who actually lead the charge in that, where you, people say, well, yeah, yeah, they, they talk about the environment, but they fly their own private jets, and they, you know, they have SUVs that burn fossil fuel, and they, they live in a house, you know, that, that, that you know, if you're actually going to add it up, it creates more greenhouse gas than the student ministry department did at CIY last week. I mean, it's just crazy what they say, you know. But immediately, we can become callous to this. And this is my, I guess this is my warning to all of us today. Is because, listen, if, if we're not careful, we become careless. I don't think God wants us to be careless with our planet. So let me explain why we should care, why we do care. And the first reason is probably the only reason that really matters, at least in my mind, and that is because God cares. And if God cares, we should care. Look at Genesis chapter 1. You know the story, I think, most of you at least, if you've been around for a while. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it was a soup of nothingness. It was, it was, a, bottom, you know, it was a bottomless pit of nothing until God spoke into it. And he brought, without form and void, he brought life to it. He brought vibrancy. He brought everything to it, the, the nature, the you know, the, the plant life, the animal life, the, you know, the human life, all of it came from his creative hand. And then, you remember how he summarizes how he looked at it after he had created? And he said, oh, this is very good. Now, that's from the Word of God. He said, this is very good. So, what is the role that then we, the human race, which I believe is the pinnacle of his creation on earth, the human race, what is our role? Well, we have an assignment. And our assignment is to steward it, to manage it. After creating the heavens and the earth, this is what he said. 
It, say, it says he spoke human beings into, into life. He created them in his own image, is the word, the, you know, is how it's described. And then he says in chapter 1, verse 28, God blessed them. He said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, uh, look over it. It's, it's yours to subdue, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of, in the sky over every living creature that moves on the ground. God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Like he, he said, here, I did this for you. This is yours. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, here, here it is. I give you every green plant for food. Here, let me give you this. So I think that one statement represents our assignment to steward, to care for, domesticate, to be responsible for it, to manage it. It gives us permission to use our energy to, to alter it in ways that are a blessing to each other and bring glory to God. It help, it's here for us to meet the needs of all the people on the earth. So if we build dams or use forestry or we farm or we forage or, you know, we, we produce in the animal world or we use industry to make that more efficient, all of that is to, to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do as stewards of this beautiful gem he's handed to us. Now, rather than just speaking humanity into a being, he then just says, I, I, as a matter of fact, remember what happened? Remember how he created all the elements of the earth and then, then from the dust of the ground, from the, from the actual muck of the earth, he made man. That's what he did. He created man. He links man to creation, man being humanity. So... I would say if Genesis were translated in English to illustrate the closeness of a connection between uh, human beings and the earth, I think God would call us earthling. So we're earthlings who have this special calling to manage and care for this gem, this jewel called the earth. We're responsible for it. And so, you know what? If you're going to be responsible, or if you're going to be responsible, be responsible. Like, you take care. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 2, 15, he goes on to say, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work. Now, that's paradise. That's before the fall. So, yes, there was work to be done. I just want to point that out. To work and take care of it. That phrase, take care, comes from the Hebrew word shamar, and that just simply means to protect it, to steward it, to watch over and care for it. Let's be clear. There's only one creator. You're not a creator. I'm not, I mean, we create from. He's the creator. I kind of like how Tim Keller says, has, says this. He, he says our assignment is this way. We are to rearrange the raw materials in God's creation in such a way that helps the world in general and people in particular to thrive and flourish. So we're rearrangers. He's the arranger, we're the rearrangers. 
We are never given permission to exploit or damage the earth. We are given permission to rearrange it to care for the needs of humanity. Look at how it speaks, though, in Genesis 3 in terms of the curse that humanity brought on the earth. Because before this happened, it was all really, really very good, as God said. Genesis 3.17, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. The dust you are, for the dust you will return. That's a curse. The environment changed because humanity sinned. And it's always easy for us to point back to that first ancestor and say, what did you do that to us for? But are you looking at yourself a little bit in this? Because you really need to. I do. The environment changes because sin comes in. Give, I'll give you some other examples, just really early in the Bible. Just a couple chapters later, the children of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Cain, in a jealous rage, murders Abel. And the scripture says that the ground was cursed because of Abel's blood shed by his brother. By Genesis chapter 5, the whole world was a mess. It says, it's a story of Noah. You probably know about the man who built a ship and an ark and he saved his family. And you know the story, animals two by two, you know. Well, that all happened because the earth had disintegrated to such a point that God said, ah, I got to start over. I got to wipe the slate clean and I'm going to do it this way. So God once again brings order to the chaos. And just these few people survive, these, these animals, they step out of it. And God intends for them to fulfill humanity's original quest to subdue the earth and, and make it a jewel that he can also be glorified by. But it didn't work out that way, did it? I mean, it didn't take long for the world to disintegrate again. You know, when, when, a long time ago, I mean a long time ago because I'm an old guy and I can say stuff like that now. I had this pop-up camper. You know what I'm talking about? Like if it's going down the interstate, it looks like a freezer on wheels. You know what I'm talking about? But it's amazing. So you get to the campground and it becomes like, like you, start, you start unbuckling stuff and you lift it up and it goes poof, like, a, like a wonderful balloon where the sides go out and you, know, there's, you can stand in the thing kind of, unless you're Nick Schoenlau, then you can't, but everybody else could stand in the thing. And then it, it's wonderful, right? It's like this camping heaven, like the, your little environment of heaven on earth, right? This pop-up camper. Well, I might be a, embellishing a little bit. I paid 500 bucks for it. But anyway, uh, I had, but it was, it was ours, and we, our family got blessing from it. Well, a friend of mine wanted to borrow it and take it to Wyoming. I said, oh, yeah, by, by all means, you know, no problem. And so he and his family went on a journey and, uh, you know, had a great time as far as I know. It seems like it. Brought it back, set in the driveway, and I didn't think much about it. I didn't just go open it up or anything. And it was probably a couple weeks, I don't know, maybe more. And uh, went out because we were going to do some camping. So I thought, whatever, well, get it opened up, get it aired out. You know, open it up, and I found some surprises. Like food that hadn't been discarded. And... Uh, 
That smelled really good. And um, I, I saw that there were just, just like they said, okay, we're going to use it for a week, never clean it, bring it back, and there you go. And, and not only that, but like when they closed it up, it was improperly closed. So water had been getting into it, and it created mold in the wood trim and then in some of the canvas. Yeah, so I'm kind of a clean freak, okay? Like, like when I have this rule. When, when I borrow something from you, it's going to come back at least, if not better than, when you gave it to me. Like, that's just my rule. You know, you go to camp with me, like in the years when I went to camp, I always told the campers, this place has got to look better than, we, than when we leave than it, than it came. And so we'd spend like hours as the whole camp cleaning the place up. That's how I am. I just roll that way. So anyway, I was kind of surprised, and I was kind of hurt by the whole thing. I will tell you, I was kind of frustrated by it. And um, disappointed, really, that these good friends of ours would be so careless. And, and I would say this, when I'm, this, this, this does apply to what I'm talking about with, with the earth. A lot of caring just translates into not being careless. Careless. And what stands out in the story of the earth is that it's dynamically connected to us. Like, so he, God wants us to use it, to be blessed by it, but with that trust, he expects us to take care of it. So we have this goal, and the goal in, in our use of this beautiful gem, this jewel that he's placed us on, this small planet in the middle of a universe is to bring glory to God. That's our goal. The world doesn't exist for my glory. It exists for his glory. My assignment is to use it, to steward it in such a way where he gets glory. Because really, listen, good Christianity is a result of good people hard at work bringing glory to God in any facet of our life. Like, let me say it again. Good Christianity is a result of good people hard at work bringing glory to God. So what is God's hope for this earth? Because sadly, over time, I think you know, people have believed erroneously erroneously, that that because God has given us the earth as a a trust, that means we can abuse it any way we want. Wrong. Just because I'm a human doesn't give me the right in any way to unethically use this beautiful gift that God has placed in our hands. It doesn't give me the right to to just wantonly burn forests or to exterminate species or to pollute in the name of science or progress or whatever or to unethically treat the creatures that, that he's placed here to share this planet with me. As a matter of fact, I would say this. Our goal is to steward the earth so that God is glorified when, when others view how we use it. Now, John writes that Christ was present and active in the work of creation. He says in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was, was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Word is Jesus, that's, the, that's a symbolism for Jesus. The Word was with God, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then it goes on to say that, you know, all things, through him all things were made, Jesus. Without him nothing was made that has been made. 
So, so he was in on that, and he's in on it today. He's in the remaking of this planet. Paul understood this. He, he understands that, and understood, as you can see in his writings, that, 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 that humanity has made mistakes when it comes to the use of the earth, and the sins of man have affected the earth. And he also understood, and he taught clearly, that the divine solution for the repair of the earth is found in Jesus Christ. And so we are Christ-ins. So that means we are a part of his reclamation project. Here's what Colossians 1.20 says. Through him he reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So he came to make peace where there's chaos. And he, all things in heaven, all things in earth, in your life, he wants to make peace. You've probably heard it said, and maybe from Christians, I'm sorry if it came from their mouth, well, it's all going to burn anyway. So what does it matter? Oh my goodness. I, I, could, I could say there is a lot of unchristian speaking that could happen. That is certainly on the top of the list. It's just, it shows a, a, a complete misunderstanding of our assignment. <laughs> like, because the last time I looked, Jesus hasn't returned. It's been about 2,000 years since he went, he ascended to heaven. He said he'll be back. He will be back. But as of today, as of this moment, he is not back. So we still have this responsibility to steward and domesticate and to use responsibly this beautiful gem he's placed us on. Now here's another thing. I have kids. I have grandkids. You have kids and grandkids, and I like them too. And I'm hoping that what we, whatever we hand off to them, if Jesus decides not to return in our lifetime, that it's at least as good and hopefully better than what we were handed. I mean, to me, that's, that's the way we should think. We, as a Christian, we share the vision of Jesus. And it's, a, it's not a Christian attitude to believe that I have the right to misuse anything that God has put into my hands for my purpose, for my use. That's, that's a Platonic attitude. You, you've heard of Plato. Well, Plato had some pretty good philosophies, a few, but it's a sub-Christian philosophy developed by Plato and his students, which teaches that, that all that matters is spirituality and that all the physical stuff, eh, that's just, you know, whatever. Just, it's just how we inhabit our lives. Paul dealt with that kind of theology with the Gnostics. The Gnostics were Platoists who were also saying they were Christians, and they were saying we need to separate the spiritual from the material. Like they just don't, they don't go together. Wrong-o. Like it all goes together. And by the way, it's going to go together for eternity. On the cross, Jesus bled to restore your life and to reclaim all of life. His blood was spilt to reconcile and restore us to God and us to our world. That's what he did. His resurrection brings new life. And we are members of of his reclamation project. Now, recognize 
that the rest of creation is still waiting for us to step up to the plate. Here's how Paul puts it in Romans 8. He describes this present state of incompleteness which we still live in today. For the creation waits in eager expectation. Like like the creation's waiting for us to step up and be responsible. It waits in eager, eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I think that's another way of just saying, so step up. Be revealed for who you are. The creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, that would be Adam and everyone since, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage and decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God, which Jesus accomplishes. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. The world's waiting for us to do what we're supposed to do. Just like humankind, the creation endured the curse. And and just like for us, Jesus came to reverse the curse for humanity, but also for the world that we inhabit. So we are responsible. Let's take responsibility. Now, let me make this clear. I don't want anybody to leave here without this being known. There is only one who can save the planet. And it's not us. It's not me. It's not you. God says one day he will finally and completely restore it, restore the creation. He's going to redeem it. He's going to redeem us. It's all going to come together. It's going to be wonderful. It's been hundreds of generations since Adam fell. Who knows? I don't know. God might want us to be here for at least a few generations after us. I don't know. Until then, we have a responsibility to hand it off to the next generation with as much beauty and improvement as possible. Why? Because we are in the kingdom of God today. We are not waiting for God's kingdom to open up. It opened up when he walked out of the grave alive and he invited you into it. See what I'm saying? So what does that mean to us today? I'm just going to say it this way. We live for the future today. It's a big mistake if we think that everything we hope for is going to be somehow, someday we're going to have heaven. Someday it's all going to be great. Someday new heavens and new earth. Someday, look, we have to rethink that. Because that reclamation project started the minute he walked out of the tomb. We're supposed to now be in that project forever. We're supposed to live today as we will live in the future. When Jesus finally and completely initiates his plan to recreate it all in the way that it's going to be forever and ever, amen. Do I know what that's going to be like? Not really. Like the Bible gives us some clues to what it's going to be like when it's all finally restored and made new. We know some things. We know that we're going to animate physical bodies. They'll also have some spiritual components that I can't explain. We know we will not suffer or die after that happens. They will be imperishable for eternity. That's amazing. No pain, no crying, no suffering, nothing like that. We know that we will inhabit new heavens and earths or earth that's inhabited with Jesus. So we'll be with him 
in this environment that he finally and completely finishes. A paradise for sure. I don't know, will we, will we work? We did in the first one. Maybe we'll have a job, I don't know. I think it'll be great. I mean, we'll be a gardener without regret, you know. We won't sit there halfway through the summer and go, what did I do this for? <laughs> no, it'll be good. <laughs> Whatever brings glory to God, it'll be there, including you. But we should be doing that today because we are in the kingdom of God today with our earth, our environment, our marvelous ecosystem, our plant and animal life, our landscapes, our world. We should be using our innovation, our creativity, our resources. We should be, you know, restructuring whatever we need to in any way we can to improve this beautiful gem that he's put in our hands. And we should be bringing harmony to it, not disharmony. Throughout the entire Bible, humans and the creation were intended to bring glory to God. And if we are in any way destroying or robbing God of the glory he deserves with our use of this beautiful gem, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the position of having to be accused of bringing disglory to God. So my $500 pop-up camper Hmm. I aired it out. Um, replaced some rotten boards. I'm not much of a carpenter, I'll tell you that. We used it a couple more times. My friends who borrowed it, just wonderful Christian folks. Like, man, I love them so much. They, they're, they're gone now. They've passed. They're, they're, they're in some manner with the Lord, whatever that means, whatever the scripture tells us. And I miss them. Like, I miss them. The camper, I was like, okay, I got over it. I sold it for 500 bucks, by the way. Not bad, huh? <laughs> but I miss my friends. And I'm looking forward to being with them someday. And I have an apology to any of you out here. I have a neighbor who's sitting here today. If I've ever borrowed something from you and returned it at less than its original or better condition, I apologize. And God, I don't want to apologize anymore. I want to give it back in as good or better condition. Lord, as we commune, we are celebrating you coming into this world, broken and all. There was pollution then too. There was misuse. The climate was being affected by man's misuse of it then too. People were being irresponsible. People were being irresponsible with their own lives and with the earth that you handed to them, just like today. And you came in and you said, I'm going to reclaim this, this planet for the glory of God. And you said, I'm going to reclaim these people and restore them to the glory of God. And that's exactly what you did. And the blood that was spilt by Cain of Abel that cursed the earth, the blood that you spilled on that cross, which is represented in this communion, reclaimed it. To you be the glory. Amen. Man, you know, I, I just love... 
I love our world. I, I do. I, night after night, I, I look for a sunset, you know. It's amazing. It's kind of smoky last night. It reminded me of something. It reminded me of my responsibility. Take care of it. You know, I, I just have one challenge today as you leave. I, you know, we could go off on all kinds of agendas and look, I, we're not agendized here. We have a precious world. I'm just asking you to use it as responsibly as you can. You know, whatever God does with you, that's with you and God. The heart of God is that he gave you this gem to live in, to use, to, 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 to rearrange for the purposes that he has for you. You know, there's a couple things that I wanted to mention because of this. Uh, one is there's something called the Garden of Hope on our property. And the people who serve there and volunteer there, they just love gardening. But more importantly, they want to bless people with what comes out of the bounty of that. And so now it's the time where stuff's starting to come out of there, product that will go to help and encourage people with fresh produce and healthy food. And I want to thank you if you're a part of that. It's a blessing, and I think it represents the heart of God when you do that. And I want to give a word of thanks to those of you who work to feed the world. You're in agriculture. You're in industries that support that. I've had the privilege to know hundreds of people who work in agriculture over the course of my ministry, farmers, ranchers, people who are in the industry of making equipment to feed the world. I would say, I was trying to think of this week of a farmer that I didn't respect, or a rancher, because of the way they treated the earth. I couldn't think of one. Because I was talking to one of our farmer friends after last service, and, and, and he told me, that's the first time in a church service anyone's ever thanked me for doing what I do. And he didn't need it, but he appreciated it. I am thankful. I'm thankful for those who are using their gifts and talents to steward the earth to feed the rest of us. I hope you are too. Let's be thankful. Let's be creative. Let's get on board with managing this earth to the best that we can, and let's make sure God gets the glory for it. Here's what the scripture says. Don't ever forget this. This is from the words of Jesus, maybe the most famous words he ever uttered. God so loved the world... He loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.